we have been studying a verse in the Bible that God wrote through the prophet Hosea around 715 B.C., before Christ. And that verse is Hosea chapter 12, verse 6, and here is what it says. If we could put that on the screen, please. Hosea 12, 6. Why don't you read it with me? So now, come back to your God, act with love and justice, and always depend on him. Isn't that beautiful? Read it again. So now, come back to your God, act with love and justice, and always depend on him. In my previous message, we focused on the last part of that verse, which says, always depend on him. Right? And in that message, we talked about depending upon the Lord for our daily needs, our basic requirements, our basic daily needs. All right? Uh, technicians, go ahead and, and show that first point that I shared in the last message, if you can. Last Sunday, one of our dear ladies told me of how that message really helped her to trust and depend on the Lord for her daily needs. And, and she asked, she asked, in fact, if I could speak on the subject further. And I told her that I actually had already planned to talk about you and me depending on the Lord in other aspects of our lives in today's message. And so the first truth, the first truth that we focused on was, as you see it, de depend on the Lord for your daily needs. Amen? Now today, let's go to the second truth, which is this, okay? Now, number two. Read it with me. Depend on the Lord to strengthen us, to strengthen us. In the Bible, Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, chapter 41, verse 10, says this. Beautiful scriptural truth. Here it is. Read it with me. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Some of your Bibles might say, I will hold you up with my righteous right hand. Then Psalm 84, verse 5 says, What joy, what joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord. And then Psalm 73, verse 26 declares, my health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. Isn't that beautiful? God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Exodus 15, verse 12. The Lord is my strength. And then uh, some of you probably have as a very strong favorite, Isaiah chapter 40, verses 29 through 31, if you want to read it with me. He, God, gives power to the weak 
and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength, new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not faint. Wow, beautiful. In our Holy Bible, we read, we read about people like, like Moses and Gideon and David and Esther and Paul the Apostle and, and John and Peter and many others, individuals that God strengthened. He, he strengthened them physically and mentally and emotionally and spiritually when they needed God's strength. Our son Jeremy and his wife Kirby have a wonderful five-year-old little daughter and a three-year-old son. Uh, their five-year-old daughter, by the way, was on the platform here uh, singing with the children. Uh, normally, normally I, I think Kirby, my daughter-in-law, I, I think she wakes up uh, around 5 a.m. or 5.30 a.m. to get to her job. Uh, she works in, a medical, in the medical profession in an office next to Markham Stovall Hospital. But anyway, she wakes up early to get her job, to get to her job. And uh, a, a few days ago, Kirby was telling me of how uh, on her day off Saturday, now some Saturdays she does work, but on a Saturday when she, was, she thought she was off, she was, she was hoping to sleep in and get some more rest. However, at about 6 a.m., her two children were up as they usually are, and they wanted mommy to get up and to play with them and have breakfast with them. And some of you, a lot of you, um, have little children, and, and you love them. You love those kids more than you can describe. At the same time, those little children can exhaust you, right? And on occasion, you wonder how you can survive another hour, right? Some of you moms have told me that. And then others of you here have, have teenagers or grown-up children. And, and sometimes what is happening with them drains you more, drains you more emotionally than the physical fatigue that you experienced when your children were small. Isn't that true? Sometimes bigger children mean bigger what? Bigger problems. Thank you for finishing my sentence there. <laughs> right. Now others of you, others of you are wrestling with, with fatigue caused by a work situation, a, a family problem, a family member's illness, a, a legal problem, or a loved one's death. Whatever your situation might be, today I want to encourage you, I want to encourage us to reach out, reach out to the Lord who says to you and me, he says, don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. Amen? Across the years... I have personally been grateful to the Lord for how he, 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 gave me, he gave me personal, emotional 
and physical strength to make it through some very difficult times. Someone in our church actually very recently reminded me of one of those times. I was totally surprised when this person spoke to me and said, Pastor Nick, do you remember when? And I said, oh, I sure remember. Anyway, back in September of 2020, nearly 22 years ago, we were in the middle, we, as a church, we were in the middle of our first stewardship campaign when we had a goal of raising at least $1 million to make it possible for us to build this sanctuary and building which we are currently in. In September of 2000, we held a banquet, a, a dinner, a banquet, whatever you want to call it, we held this, held this banquet for, it was just for the leaders of our stewardship campaign, at which time we were supposed to individually pledge the amount that we would give towards the construction of our new church building in the next three years. There were about 70 of us from our congregation present. Uh, my mind says, I think it was 69, but anyway, about 70 people at the stewardship banquet. After the dinner and program, the people submitted their three-year pledges, and um, two or three of our counters counted the pledge cards. They counted them for the purpose of me reading the total out at the end of the banquet. Well, I was so shocked by the total pledged by the small group of about 70 people, I, I said to the counting team, I'm sorry, I can't read this out. Please go back and count again to make sure you did not make a mistake. I don't want to be spreading false information. Well, they went back to the corner and they recounted the pledge cards and they gave me a piece of paper and said, Pastor Nick, that figure is correct. It is correct. Don't doubt it. <laughs> well, I then read the, the, the dollars pledged for the next three years from this small group of 70 or so people. To the best of my memory, the pledge total from the leaders, the pledge total from the leaders was $872,000 for the next three years, all right? That's what it was, 872,000. Now, obviously, I was thrilled. I was thrilled, everyone was, was thrilled and, and surprised. Oh, we have little faith. <laughs> but we, we praised, obviously, we, we praised the Lord, we sang his praises. With 872,000 being pledged by our leadership team, I felt confident that we would surpass the $1 million needed with pledges from the rest of the congregation and we could go ahead with our building project and hopefully one of the lending financial institutions would, would provide us with a mortgage. Well, that same evening, my wife Cindy, who was at the banquet with me, Cindy left the place where we held the leader's pledge dinner 
to go home. She went home a little bit before I did, and I stayed to do whatever needed to be done, clean up and whatever, before going home on that Saturday evening. I think I arrived home between uh, 10.30 and 11 p.m. approximately. Of course, I was all excited. I was all excited about our pledge total. As I entered our home, my wife came to me with sadness on her face, and she said, your sister just called. Your sister just called to say that your father died at the hospital. Well, I drove over to Grace Hospital, and um, one by one, my mother arrived, my two brothers and sister, and a few other family members arrived. I prayed with everyone, and we stayed the whole night in my father's uh, hospital room, just sharing memories and reflecting upon his life. As far as I recall, uh, I was up all night. I was up all night, and uh, I was very, very tired physically and emotionally in the morning. The time arrived for Sunday morning, Sunday school, and church service. My very tired body and mind said, you need to go to sleep. I kind of had a conversation with myself, and I said, no, you can't go to sleep. You can't go to sleep. It's church time. Um, however, I didn't think that going to sleep was an option because that Sunday morning was the day I was scheduled to preach. And in that service, we were going to announce that the leaders pledged for our uh, building program. Uh, we, we were going to announce what our leaders pledged, you know, from the banquet uh, towards the building program. And uh, it was that Sunday, that Sunday morning, that we were going to invite the rest of the congregation to walk by the front where we were worshiping uh, and, uh, and, and ask everyone to put their pledge card into the pledge box on that Sunday at the 11 o'clock service. I was very worn out, but I, I didn't think, I didn't think it was going to be suitable to miss church that Sunday morning. So what did I do? I prayed. I remember praying and saying, Lord, Lord, you know my father just died. I've been awake all night. I'm exhausted. But I can't miss church today. I just can't miss church. Lord, we have been preparing and praying for this pledge Sunday for months. Lord, please, please, Give me the physical and emotional strength to make it through. Dear God, help me not to break down. Help me not to break down in the middle of our church service. Obviously, I can't remember the exact words that I prayed, but it was something like that. That Sunday, that Sunday morning, I asked my wife and two children to please not tell anyone at church 
that my father passed away Saturday evening. We held our Sunday school and church service that Sunday morning. And my friends, I can tell you from personal experience, we held the church service that morning and Sunday school. And that day, I felt, I felt a new strength. I felt a new strength rise up, rise up within me. To the best of my knowledge, no one in the church knew what, what had happened that Saturday evening and through early Sunday morning. No one knew until I announced it later. I, I, I preached the message I had prepared for that service. And after the message, we gave opportunity for worshipers to walk up to the front and place their pledge card into the pledge box. And thanks be to God, I made it. I made it through that service and message without breaking down, without falling apart. And just before we sang the last hymn, I said, I said, church family, I didn't want to tell you this news earlier so as not to affect today's church service and pledging. However, I need to tell you, my father passed away last night at Grace Hospital, and I need to leave to meet my mother and other family members at the funeral home to make funeral arrangements. So I'm going to have to leave. I can't greet you today. I'm going to leave and go what I need to do. So as I look back upon that, that time, I, I can only simply express thanks and praise to God for the physical and the emotional strength that he enabled me to carry out that Sunday morning. Now some of you, some of you might be wondering how much our stewardship campaign totaled back in September of 2000. And the answer is, our total pledge, the total pledge on that occasion was $1,430,000 to be given over the next three years. Okay? Go ahead, you can applaud. Yes. Which obviously meant that we could go ahead with the building program along with getting a mortgage, a large mortgage, okay? And uh, for those of you who are saying to yourself, yeah, 1430000 was pledged, how much actually came in in those three years, right? Some of you think that. So, out of the total pledged, out of the total pledged, after three years, we in fact received $1,300,000. Praise God. Amen? Now, some of you might be wondering why I took time to tell you the story that I just shared with you. I know how some of you think, and some of you think, why did you take time, Pastor Nick? I told you the story because it is one personal example of, I could tell you many others, it's one personal example of how at a very exhausting time in my life, when, when, uh, when Father passed away, the Lord gave me strength, emotional and physical strength, to, to do what I needed to do. That's why I'm telling you it. 
There are times, my friends, there are times, um, and there will be times in your life when you will feel powerless about different situations, right? You've gone through it. You've gone through it. You've gone through it. There will be times when you will feel powerless. And in those times, I want to encourage you to remember Isaiah 40, 29 and 30, where God says, He, God, gives power. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those, those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Those who trust in the Lord will what? Will find new strength. New strength. Amen? Amen. I also, by the way, told you that story so that you, you would hear a brief, just a brief snippet of our church's history about a time when, when families in our congregation sacrificed to help build this church, all right? Probably half of you were not present at that time. So, depend on the Lord to strengthen you. Here's a, a third truth I want to share with you, and it is this. Number three, depend on the Lord to comfort you, to comfort you. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4 tells us, He, God, why don't you read it with me? He, God, comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. Isn't that beautiful? 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7 tells us, we are, we are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. Amen. Isaiah 40, verse 1. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Psalm 23, verse 4. Read it with me. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Amen? Amen? Last week... I was talking with a dear mother and father from our congregation whose son had passed away from cancer a few months ago, earlier this year. I said to this grieving couple, I said, how are you really coping with the passing of your son? How are you really doing? They looked at me they looked at me and said, Pastor, obviously we wish our son was still alive. But they said, it is amazing. We wish he were still alive. But it is amazing how God has comforted us. And I listened to them, obviously. They went on to tell me of how 
the Lord has helped them with their, with their deep pain. And they told me of how because of their son's faith and trust in Jesus as Savior and Lord, one day they will see him and celebrate in heaven with him once again. My friends, there will be times in your life and mine when we need, you and I, when we need to be comforted. Right? And sometimes, sometimes you experience a, a relationship breakdown in your family or a divorce. Sometimes you go through a major, a major crisis at work or, or at school. On occasion, someone you thought you could trust stabs you in the back, right? Or perhaps you had big dreams for a business that you started, but unfortunately that business flopped, didn't make it. You thought you were healthy only to discover that the recent tests showed you have cancer. You expected a loved one would always be there, but suddenly they were gone. In those times, my friends, in those times, let us depend on the Lord to comfort us, to comfort you. As 2 Corinthians 1 verse 4 says, He God comforts us in all our troubles. He comforts us in all our troubles. In closing, on this theme of depending, always depending on the Lord, Remember, number one, depend on the Lord for your daily needs. And number two, depend on the Lord to strengthen you. And number three, depend on the Lord to comfort you. How can we best experience these truths? We can best experience them if we will do what Hosea 12 verse 6 says. So now Come back to your God. So now, come back to your God. Have you come back to the Lord? If you wandered away from him, the time is now to come back to the Lord. The Jewish people kept wandering away from God for all kinds of reasons. And the truth is, Canadians keep wandering away from the Lord for all kinds of various reasons as well.
But when you and I truly come back to God, we, we can truly depend upon the Lord. How do we come back to God? We come back by repenting of our sins, sincerely asking God to forgive us for our sins. And the reason we can be forgiven is because Jesus, the Son of God, died on the cross to pay the price for your sins and mine. He paid the full price for your sins and mine. And so now, as you and I, as each one of us, as we repent of our sins and put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the Savior and Lord, it is the road to getting back to God Almighty. I want to invite you to close your eyes. And if this prayer expresses the desire of your heart, would you pray it with me? Dear Lord, thank you for loving me. On this beautiful Sunday, I want to come back to my God. I want to repent of my sins. I seek forgiveness of my sins. Lord, I know I can be forgiven because on the cross of Calvary, Jesus paid the price for my sins. I receive you into my heart, into my life, and I want to live my life devoted, dedicated to my Lord God Almighty. And I thank you, dear Lord, for the fact that as I depend upon you, I can depend on you for my daily needs. I can depend on you to strengthen me and to comfort me in the various twists and turns of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Would you stand, church family? Would you please stand? And as we sing this beautiful song, if some of you would like to find a place of prayer, kneeling or standing around the altar here, you come. Some of you may want to come and say, Lord, this is my public declaration that on this Sunday I'm coming back to you and I'm I have repented or I am repenting of my sins and, give, and I give my life to you. Others of you may want to come and say, Lord, I need to pray and, and truly begin more and more to depend upon you for my daily needs and for the strength that I need, the strength that I need for what I'm going through right now. And some of you, need God's special comfort. The Lord's special comfort because of the pain you're going through right now. You feel free to come as we sing. Just a little reminder to leave some space between you and someone else so that we are following good COVID procedure. But you come and uh, the other pastors and I will be eager to pray with you in accordance with your need, or you can pray on your own. 
Let's sing, shall we?